Thank you for tuning in to the You Own the Experience podcast. In this episode, Lauren and Rob wrap about the acquisition of Workin by Aviante and how digital transformation can be enabled by empowering the right team members. Later in the episode, the dynamic duo are joined by Kate Rutherford, Senior Operations Manager at Loyal Source, an Orlando-based workforce solutions company specializing in healthcare and technology. The trio discuss the intimidation that many feel in regards to digital transformation, but how a number of strategies can help to reduce the risk of being overwhelmed. They explain why digital transformation strategy shouldn't only be left in the hands of the IT department. They also chat about why Google and Apple are increasingly filling technical roles with liberal arts graduates, why conversation is half the battle in digital transformation, and why you should expect the same of your vendors as your customers expect of you. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions and Great Recruiters. Please remember to rate, review, and share the episode, and you can subscribe for all the updates and live chats at www.ableteams.com slash podcast. Enjoy. What is happening, Rob? Lauren, what's going on? How are you? I am recording this cold open slash whatever this this wrap from New Jersey, from my brother's New old Jersey. bedroom. I know. And listeners, he just went, Ma! <laughs> what's the best thing I've ever heard to tell his parents to be quiet for our podcast? It's the best thing I've ever heard, you guys. Guys, I grew up in an Italian household from New Jersey. Our speaking voice would like give people from the rest of the country fits. They'd be like, I can't tell if you're infuriated with me or you just don't understand your volume levels. But that is the household that I grew up in. So. I have no internal volume modulation. <laughs> well, it's all, it all just sounds like yelling. So. Ah, it does all sound like yelling. That's the best thing I've ever heard. We can do podcasts from New Jersey anytime you want. We'll have coffee. Let's talk. Cool. Cool. <laughs> That's right. Lauren also told me that her daughter loves guys from New Jersey on TikTok, apparently. Oh my God. To which That's I said that would get old really quickly. And also... Truthfully, your daughter's from California and she probably like, not like the business pace and the the life pace is a lot slower than what she would get from someone from New Jersey. So she might have like an anxiety attack just trying to deal with that. She might, because we're in Northern California, not even Southern California, where they is do it slower. Are you guys record. generally slower paced there or is it? In Northern California? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, unless you're going to San Francisco, San Francisco sometimes makes my head spin a little bit because it's always a buzz going down to LA. Everybody's going a million miles a minute. Up here in Northern California, we're like the Californian Oregonians or Oregonians. A little more right farmer, now. calmer. Yeah, we're a little more farmer Joe yeah, up we here. Have, and- we have that in New Jersey, but just not where I'm from. <laughs> Nor wow. probably where the, where the people on TikTok making pasta are from either. So anyway. Oh my God. All right. They cracked me up. They cracked Guys. me up. All right. So we're, we're live we're from wrapping New about. <laughs> we're wrapping about technology. Jesus. We're going to talk a little Lauren bit. Lauren really enjoys the fact that I'm from New Jersey, guys. I do. I, I do. I can't get over this. it, guys. I can't get over it. So at one point, we're going to do an entire episode with our New Jersey accents. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you, you can. I'll, I'll, whatever <laughs> my accent is now, which is like, you know, <laughs> South Florida slash, if I'm really drunk or tired, New Jersey, we could totally do. So, all right. And then we can do another seven episode, you know, where everybody's talking with their Mind your P's and Q's. Mind your P's and Q's. Yes. There's a oh, great, bless there's, your heart. Someone said, by the way, if you, if I ever speak with you and you tell me to bless my heart, you will be assaulted. Like I will physically punch <laughs> you. You do in. know that that is that the is... most insulting thing you can actually say to a human being. And I don't like generally people from the South. So, oh, you don't say such things. My mom was the best human on I'm the planet. Kidding. And let me tell you, if she was upset with you, she would say, bless your heart. Because and I would be mental. like, young, young woman, you're lucky you're a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, We're kidding though. Anyway. Uh, All right. So- so we have some exciting news this week. My goodness, stuff's going down in the technology space. We have Aviante. Yeah, I know what's going down. Aviante purchasing work in. What are your thoughts, Rob? So I have thoughts. One, number one, congrats to the Aviante crew and congrats to our former podcast guest, Erica Heisen, one of our good friends, as well as Joda and, and the ownership team, Jacob and Steven. Over at Workin, those guys have worked really hard. I met them in 2018 when I joined Bullhorn. I was really excited about the platform. It's really slick. And it's just a validation, right, of the the need for a 
not to steal all the, all the thumb, but we'll get a little deeper. It's like, it's a need for a mobile strategy, right? Absolutely. This is the way that our buyers are buying is changing and the demands on technology are changing. I think this is some of the consolidation that we've seen throughout this year, you know, with Bullhorn picking up uh, additional toys, additional add-ons, additional functionalities is, is, you know, we're seeing this continuation that the, the staffing and recruiting industry needs a STEM to stern offering. And that's what we're going to continue to look for. What you think you said it. So you said a couple of things when we were talking about this one, you said it's like that. I like the idea that it's a race to have an end to end solution for the customer. We're not in a space where I call, I was talking about it earlier and, you know, a lot of our buyers treat buying technology, like on their getting technology for their phone. Like there's an app for that. So I can just pick it up and I can plug in that functionality. And sometimes I can plug it in. Sometimes I can't. We end up with this swivel chair inefficiency that we see. And I do a lot of work around to come in and, and fix I call that Band-Aid buying. And the Band-Aid buying is there's a small problem, so I'm going to go pick up a technology for it. And we don't necessarily create, again, one integrated. Remember, there is no transformation without integration. And, and this is just further validation that we want one integrated mobile experience for all our end users, whether it's a recruiter or a salesperson or a customer or a candidate. And so I'm excited by this. I think it's, a, again, validation. Yeah. And it's good to see. I think the key thing here is the race seven intent solution. We were doing our interview with uh, Anastasia Valentine and she keeps choosing, you know, like, Hey, I have this issue and we're going to see a little bit of thunder, but we, she has this issue where like if one partner changes one part of their technology, it'll affect the entire tech stack or downstream data flow. So she's been considering how she can eliminate possible integration partners, maybe not eliminate, but like, consolidate or make it more streamlined. And then if you think about digital transformation as a whole, it's planning, right? It's not that Band-Aid buying. And so you can buy like onesie, twosie things and test them. Sure. And buy. Sure. And that's where experimentation comes in, right? And we get to experiment with all of these really cool new technologies that are doing some really awesome things function-wise and experience-wise. I'm so excited with all of the innovation that I see happening, but I still, I love the fact that we're seeing some of these bigger technologies work together to create a core offering that is more put together and includes a phone because that's what we right. Do. It's got to be mobile guys, particularly on the commercial side. We've got 78% of our candidates Without looking a to a mobile device and not a desktop for an experience. And so I just, again, this is, this is validation that this is what our buyers are looking for. And so I'm really excited for both teams to see where this can go. And I'm, I'm further excited about how, much more sophisticated we are beginning you know we're a little laggardly here in the staffing industry as it pertains to technology and change just in general because you know we believe that we're this you know human industry and we are but we also have a responsibility to all of our end users candidates and clients alike to accelerate the process and make it as real time as possible and these types of acquisitions this type of offering is going to allow us to reduce look gone are the days where it can take a candidate 30 days to get a job. It's just, it's no more. Thumbs down. It's not going to happen anymore. Candidates aren't sitting on the market for 30 and 45 days. They're on the market for 72 hours. No, exactly. Exactly. Some verticals, right? Yes, 100%. And so what we're trying to do and what the Upworks and the Fivers and the Top Tiles, you know, all of that on-demand type of functionality and the workins are trying to put control into the candidate's hands, reduce that time to fill, create accessibility as it pertains to talent and fulfillment. And so I just, I couldn't be more excited to be part of our industry right now. Yeah. And so this kind of transitions into who are interviewing, who are really excited about one of my favorite people in staffing tech, Kate Rutherford, who is, she had some digital transformation title at Loyal Source, but now she's the senior operations manager at Loyal Source. Really what her role is, is to make sure that all the technologies that Loyal Source uses to employ sometimes thousands of people in a short period of time, like they can onboard and get a thousand people deployed in a week. So, oh my know. gosh. And so, you guys, 
And Keith responsible for all of that. This conversation, guys, I know I've said this before, but this is a must listen. (laughs) Okay, so, and maybe it's, I feel like we're kindred spirits because we have these very similar backgrounds, but you guys, I think that she is this shining beacon of hope as it pertains to the type of individual that we should have in charge of our digital transformation. She came from where I came from. And, you know, we have, we didn't start out technologists or technology people, no technology background. We started out as boots on the ground. We ran teams. We were recruiters. We ran salespeople. And so we understand what some of the frontline issues are, but more importantly, we understand how to get shiz done. Like we know the the shortest distance between the two points and how to have the most efficient workflows. And I think what you're seeing with these digital transformation positions within the industry that are starting to be created, that people like Kate, who came from that diverse background where she's walked all of the positions, are really, really impactful and successful in creating these awesome experiences for all of their end users because she comes from a place of experience, firsthand experience, not just conceptual experience. So I just, I'm tickled about our conversation with her because she's brilliant. And this is something that I've agree with everything. And it's something that a little more pointed is Kate joined Little Source as a marketing person, right? Coordinator, email marketing guru. Like she came in with a very specific part of the business. And my opinion of marketing people is really interesting because having that background and thinking about marketing understands the front office data. So when it comes to understanding, and obviously the person has a background in recruiting and staffing, they understand those problems, right? But they understand the data sets, they understand strategy, go to market, email marketing, phone calls, all of the things that go into both. So we just take it and say like, Sales enablement means both delivery and go to like getting clients. And then marketing is attracting both of those. And so if you have a really good marketer, a really good CRO who understands the data, they can look for the technologies to solve it and understand that those things need to be integrated. And marketers also have a much marketing and sales people should have a, a testing mindset. And I think that's also something that you have have a really great testing mindset as well. Well, and the other point that she comes from is because, and I think it's because she, she has a mind for marketing and as did I, but I think what's really cool is she understands fundamentally that you cannot just market externally, that you have a duty to market internally and that to get adoption and buy-in it's, you gotta, you gotta sell it internally. You gotta sell it externally. And she gets that. And if you've got somebody from marketing now, People are going to challenge me on this, but I love having marketing around for the more technical configurations because when you're configuring something, you get to pull out all of these beautiful little new differentiators in your new process and, and go evangelize those out when you eventually go evangelize you know, your investment or your new tech stack. And so having a marketer as a marketing mind my marketing mindset, we'll call it that, somebody with a marketing mindset or somebody that can at least collaborate with marketing when you're going through a digital transformation just helps you capture every single opportunity you have to make the most of your digital transformation, both internally and externally. And God dang it, you need to adopt what you just spent all that money on. And she's got a good mind for that. So I just, I can't wait for everybody. That's else. why that internal marketing piece is like, oh, spend all this money. Preach. Lauren and I talk to people who use different ATSs and if they use 10% of it, awesome. But I talk to Bullhorn users and they don't even understand how to save a search. So they can use a list view to run, run searches quickly on candidates that came inbound. So that's no good. Not good. All right. Well, anyway, it's going to be a great conversation. After a quick word from our sponsors, we will get to our interview with Kate Rutherford, Senior Operations Manager at Loyal Source. And this episode is brought to you by Able and Great Recruiters, which is not a staffing or recruiting company. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Able. 
Able offers a fully featured onboarding automation platform to help staffing firms just like yours ensure all candidates have a world-class onboarding experience. The company's mobile-first platform makes qualifying, hiring, and engaging candidates easy for everyone involved. Able is trusted by some of the world's largest staffing agencies and can automate even the most complex of hiring workflows, giving your team 40% of their day back and allowing you to hire up to 90% faster at half the cost. Visit ableteams.com to learn more. What is happening, Rob? You did it! What's (laughs) up, Lauren? You got the sound effect. So it is an episode of Space Invaders featuring your co-hosts, Rob Mann and Lauren Jones. But really, this is the You Own the Experience podcast. And I am well, Lauren. Today, we have an incredible guest, the amazing and magical... Kate Rutherford. Kate, how you doing? Hi, guys. I'm Grossom. Thanks for having me. I was going to say great and awesome, and I kind of blended them together. Grossom is, so, I, yeah, I heard that. It's pretty awesome. You're awesome. We're just kind of throwing out new words here today. Uh, yeah, let's just keep that up if we can. Grossom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. And then you said magical. I'm expecting unicorns. Yes. Well, Kate makes magic happen. You know, I have been riding horses since I was eight, so... In fact... Little, I, I didn't ride a horse till I was 37, and I almost fell off a mountain with it. <laughs> yeah, I have a horrifying Spurs story. Uh-oh. We'll share. <laughs> oh, that I definitely want to hear, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a doozy. <laughs> well, I feel like the odd man out again. You get us girls together. We've got stories and to share. Story time. What All happened? Right. Well, yeah. Kate is the director, right? That's the, the official title of Digital Transformation, or or what is the exact title that they gave you when they uh, made you do all this Senior Digital Transformation Manager. Senior Digital Trans. So they could have just called you the director. Adam, if you're listening, director. Just too many words. Anyway. <laughs> Ninja, guru, unicorn. Uh, I'm okay with any of those. Ooh, I like all of those. Ooh, unicorn to that. Can you, yeah. can you, Lauren, can you change your title to Fractional Unicorn of Digital Transformation? You know, I am the owner of my destiny. I certainly can. There we go. <laughs> all right. Well, let's all of us change our titles on LinkedIn today. Technology Unicorn. Ooh. All right. Well, I like that. So, Kate, you have a really interesting journey. Let's give a two minute elevator pitch about Loyal Source, a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into the first kind of part of the conversation. Because, guys, Kate is, is like our favorite role, right? She's responsible for digital transformation. So Lauren and I geek out, but we geek out all the time, but this is like our super special geek out. Yeah, this is a good one, folks. Let's get your ears ready because this is going to be another must, must listen. Awesome. Well, thanks for the intro. I hope I can live up to those. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm in a really fun position. The company lets me do a lot of really cool new things and really carve out the path for future hires within Loyal Source and I think the staffing industry as a whole. I'm Kate Rutherford. I'm the Senior Digital Transformation Manager at Loyal Source. We are a workforce solutions company based in Orlando, Florida. We focus on three different divisions within the organization, uh, staffing for technical services, travel healthcare, and government programs as well. Most of our positions that we staff fall under the healthcare and technology umbrellas, but we're known to venture out every now and again based on the needs of our customers. A little bit about me, I got into staffing in 2006 at a small company called Robert Half, which was Super tiny. Super, <laughs> Super tiny. Super tiny. Really great initiation and introduction into the staffing industry. I got to learn a little bit about recruiting, sales, client management, all of that good stuff. I've worked in healthcare and IT mostly throughout my career. I sat on all different sides of the desk from recruiter to business development, manager, director. And now in my current role, I get to kind of piece all that together and help connect the dots between marketing, recruitment, and technology. Well, that is amazing. I loved hearing your journey and your, your sort of origin story, because, you know, it is, it is similar to mine. So I know, right. And I'm, I'm using buzzwords, um, but I, I love your origin story um, because I just think 
it is so relevant as to where we are today, why we're seeing certain leaders have success as it pertains to digital transformation. So share a little bit of your origin story because I think it's super meaningful. Yeah. So I think sometimes when people think about digital transformation, they think, oh, you have to have an IT background. I do not have an IT background. I am a problem solver. I am a tinkerer. I've got a really solid understanding of staffing, and I feel like I can help users understand and embrace some of the fears and hesitancies when it comes to the adoption of technology, right? Because change is always scary and technology is always scary. That's why people have outdated iPhones and things that they just don't want to upgrade for fear of having to learn something new and change their current processes. So um, I graduated from UCF with a bachelor's in psychology the human mind and understanding why people do what they do and what motivates them is always something that has fascinated me and has served me well in management and recruiting. When I got to Loyal Source, obviously I'd had a, a pretty strong background in staffing prior to coming to Loyal Source, working as a recruiter, business development, recruitment manager, director of some pretty large teams. So understanding the staffing process process was something that I was really, really comfortable with. Probably about six to eight months after starting with Loyal Source, my manager and I, Adam, who Rob also knows, really just started to dig into all the new technologies that were up and coming and supporting the staffing industry specifically. We looked at automation. We were looking at great recruiters. We were looking at a new website. Yep. I'll give you a plug, Rob, but really just started to dig in and see, okay, what were our current challenges and how were we going to scale the organization when finding talent might be challenging? We might not always be able to scale our internal recruitment teams as fast as we need to be able to support our customers and our clients and the demand that's coming from there. So really look to uncover some of the new technologies that were coming out and partnered with Bullhorn, which is our applicant tracking system. Met Rob and a couple of individuals at Staffing Tech back in November. Gosh, I forget what year it was, but we still had in-person it was like it was like May. It was May of 2019. Gosh, it seems like forever and a day ago. I wasn't there, but I remember it was because we've been trapped inside for two. I know. Years. <laughs> I would go back to 2019. Yeah. I I know it's a day that ends in Y. I'm just not <laughs> sure what day it is. But yeah, I don't know. But Adam was like, hey, do you want to run with some of these implementations? We need a solution that solves our challenges in credentialing. We need a solution that ties our texting platform to our ATS. We need some help with reviews and getting feedback from our candidates. So they kind of gave me the keys to the kingdom and I kind of just ran with it. So it's been really cool. I know my team, when I started, I think we had five. Now we've got about 16 people supporting our marketing and technology initiatives. So it's been pretty cool. It is such a cool story because there are a couple things that stand out. One, I think that if you look at Google and Apple, who are now looking to more liberal arts educated types of individuals to fill their technical roles, there's now this understanding that it's not just a technical mind, not just that sort of linear, linear mind that is really good at understanding technology and that it does take a creative problem solver to to put things together, architect a solution. And I love that you said that you're a tinkerer because I am very, I love that. And we need to put that on our- I, I wrote that down too. Professional tinkerer. <laughs> and because I, it takes, and I say this all the time, Rob says it all the time, it takes being willing to, and I love that Adam gave you the keys to go try some stuff and see what works. Yeah. And, 
that's we're in this talk about the the level of investment that's happened in HR tech from like 1.7 billion to 5 billion. I mean, it's it's we have massive amounts of innovation coming in. So how do we make sense of all of that? We've got to try things. We got to tinker. We've got to yeah. figure out what Move works. Fast because, and break things. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, Zuckerberg. Yes. Yes. Run fast and break things. I am all about that. I say that in my new hire training a lot. I'm like, I think when we bring new people on and they get introduced to bullhorn, they're afraid to break it. I'm like, nope, I've been there, done that. Can't break it. I promise. It's not an ER. It's nope. not an ER, folks. And if you do something weird, I can fix it. It's all good. Yeah, we're good. Um, we're good. We have, Nobody's dying. I want, to, I want to call a couple things too. Lauren, I think you hear me say this, is I really think that the marketing person has this almost CIO role because they understand the data from a sales and marketing kind of like, almost like enablement but they really are like the internal CIO. Like they're the product owner of sales and marketing enablement, I think. Definitely in staffing and recruiting. I mean, not in all SaaS businesses, right? There, there's probably like a different version for a CIO of a large enterprise organization or a SaaS business that's growing and scaling rapidly. But really at our at kind of loyal sources size and below, because loyal sources is a pretty big company, right? So SMB, but like they're big. But I really, I, you know, I think they really have this, this mindset that they could be a CIO because they understand the data and, and understanding the data and, and where these things live and, and what's working, what's not working is really there to protect the revenue, right? So be CRO, CI, like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of synergy there. Well, and I think any good problem solver, and I do think it takes a more creative mind, understands the consequences of each, if this is going to happen in marketing, like if I'm going to go out and get a lead, we got to make sure we do something with it. We got to bring it into the ATS. We got to nurture it. We got to convert it. We got to make sure we got a track record. So we have pipeline velocity. We have all of our brains work just a little bit differently. And that, yes, marketing is all about, let's put the megaphone out, bring the funnel in. And then it takes that creative mind to go, okay, now we got to do something with it. We got to integrate it. We got to put a process to it. And it takes a creative, operational, technical mind to bring those things together, which leads us, segues us perfectly into the next part of the conversation, which is that connectivity that I think, hands down, if businesses are not bringing marketing, technology, and operation, business operations to the table to talk about their digital transformation strategy, they are going to miss things, 100%. And I've seen this siloed marketing buying and siloed sales buying and siloed recruiting buying, and it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things I do. I work really closely. We have a, a CTO and a CISO who are absolutely amazing. They put things in terms that I can understand, which is super helpful, but the partnership is definitely there and the conversation is there, which I think is half the battle, right? I think sometimes with corporations, it's IT sits in this little bubble and marketing sits in this little bubble and recruitment sits in this little bubble and nobody talks to each other. And it's like, guys, you've You've got to open those doors of communication in order to enhance the business, to make sure that we're checking some of those boxes that are IT specific. I know our IT team is working on security and compliance processes. I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know what certifications we need in order to be compliant, but I can communicate with our IT team and say, hey guys, we're looking at implementing this new technology. We've tested this application. We think it's going to it's going to fix this problem among the recruitment teams. Can you guys do your due diligence on the security side and make sure it's something that we can implement within our current processes? Same thing on our side. I think I'm only speaking cuz I'm married to an IT person. He is very black and white. He is very network, firewall, security like that's that's his lane. And he needs that support from the other areas to understand the big picture of the business. Like, what are we trying to accomplish as an organization? And how do we help close those gaps together as a team? So, but 100% definitely need to come together and work with all departments. Well, and I want to see, and I think I'm just starting to see that happen more. And I think that we're going to see more of this director of digital transformation. I ended up in a sort of hybrid VP of talent technology. What the heck is that? Now you see chief digital transformation officer and all of these roles. And I think it's going to take a unique individual 
who absolutely 100% knows staffing, right? Because that is key because the cause and effect doesn't come without knowing those things sort of backwards and forwards. And I think it does take somebody that's sort of grown up in the industry, you know, and Robert Half is so great at immersion, right? You are going to learn recruiting, sales, (laughs) you know, you're going to learn all of those things all at the same time. And you're going to learn it fast. (laughs) And you're going to learn it fast. I'm hell or high water. And you're going to learn what metrics mean. Better learn it fast. Yeah, but they do such a good job at really immersing you in what it is that you need to foundationally learn to be a sound operator in the industry. And kudos to them. They have done a really good job. And I I know they've probably trained half the, (laughs) you know, whether they like it or not, they've probably been (laughs) uh, training a lot of our executive talent here. But I do do think we're going to see this shift And to your point, you've got now 16 people that are handling these digital transformation projects. And I think that things are going to shift. We're not going to see these giant IT teams with really linear types of individuals. We're going to see more business operations, you know, collaborative teams being built to accelerate digital transformation because, you know, we're not going to slow down. I think that 2020 taught us that we can implement and we can implement fast. And now we know you can do it. So we're going to make you keep doing it. (laughs) And you have to, I mean, or you're going to be way behind the curve. I think to your point, Lauren, the past two years have just, when the saying where you laugh or I'm sorry, you make the plan and God laughs. I really think that that was key for these past two years. Take case in point, our company, we were a in the office, Monday through Friday. And I can remember distinctively that day where I came out of a meeting at lunch. We're still going to be in the office. And then by three o'clock, we were having teams installed on our computer and we went completely remote. And we've been remote for 18, 19 months now. And had we not started to adopt those new technologies, a year prior and implement them and go through that training and development and retraining and coaching hands on with all of the teams, we would have been so far behind the curve when we went remote that it would have been very hard to catch up. And now I feel like we're in a really good place where if we go back to the office, we're still set up for success. If we stay remote, we're still set up for success, but everyone's on the same page and marching to the same objective that we're trying to achieve within the organization. Yeah. And that is, that A is why I love you, but B is what we need more of. And I do a lot of consulting and this is half of what I do. Oftentimes is just, Hey, no, we need to bring this person under the conversation. We should bring this there. There are consequences that will affect that department. They need to either know about those things. And to your point, hey, if we're going to implement this, let's talk about PII. Let's talk about all of the GDPR yeah. and all of the all of those things that you and I are like, oh, you know, impediments in front of my way slowing me down. But they have. Were you just saying acronyms? I was. All of the technical acronyms that they're like, we have to do this, we have to do this. And all I hear is delayed time starts. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> you're telling okay. me no? Is it a no? Is right. it like, what am I hearing here? Am I, am I hearing a no or are you saying there's a chance? What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? No, but that is going to take that person to bring all of those things together and really start. And this is where SI firms do a really good job of, you know, having like a raid log. What are the risks? of our go live date and helping us people that are really super impatient and want it to happen yesterday understand that, you know, there are certain things that are certain hoops we have to jump through. Yeah, exactly. But I, and again, I think that's why the partnership is all the more important and somebody who knows kind of who to bring into the conversation and at what point, because to your point, Lauren, we could be ready for a go live and our CISO could come down and say, does that meet these federal compliance standards? I don't know. I just know it's a problem on my (laughs) recruitment team. So I don't know. But being able, I think, too, to have those conversations because they have a responsibility to the organization to keep it safe, right? With the data breaches and everything is online now, they have a responsibility. 
I have a responsibility within the organization. I have a lot. Mine is to make sure that my recruitment teams are running as fast and as efficient as possible. And whether that they have clear-cut processes or daily responsibilities, or we've got technology in place to help them be more efficient at their, at their job, that's my responsibility to make sure that they are using everything in their toolkit to make themselves the best and most productive recruiter that they can possibly be. And I also have a responsibility to the organization that says, okay, anything that we do bring into the company, not only will the investment produce an ROI, but it is also a safe investment as well. And we'll make sure that it does check all of those boxes that I know nothing about. But you do, you've got to have somebody who can communicate with all the parties and make sure everybody's continuously on the same page of the same book. And it's definitely striking a balance because you said something really meaningful there. And I want everybody to take note of that when to bring people in, right? Because you can't put it out to jury every time, you know, these giant steering committees and year long RFP process, they're just, just RFP processes are just not, not a thing anymore. Right. So we have to strike a balance of when to bring those people in, execute on things that need to be done, move it forward. And it's this, I just wrote an article and a couple of the things that I talk about are focus and urgency, right? Everything needs to be done with a sense of urgency. And I think if, if we can do that, we'll do it well and we'll do it in the time frame that we want and we'll continue to innovate, which leads me. And then you, you sort of led into the whole adoption, right? You have a responsibility to make sure that the tools that you purchase are leveraged appropriately and that there's a monetary win, right? We're, we're, we have a mutually beneficial partnership that we are monitoring with metrics and SLAs and all of those good things that you want to have in your vendor contracts. So I love the fact that you have a psychology because a psychology degree, because I think it speaks loudly to the fact that people don't like change. That's why they use 20% of the apps on their phone. I mean, people resist change because they're afraid of the unknown. And so I think that what you're doing speaks volumes to sort of honoring and leading with empathy that the emotional component of change. So tell us a little bit about the adoption and as you're going through digital transformation, and if we're going to continue at this breakneck speed, you know, how do we not wear people out? How do we get them to embrace the fact that, hey, this is the speed. We are the speed of change now. Yeah, I think it all starts with a problem. I, <laughs> I am fortunate in the sense that I work with some awesome recruitment managers, some that the relationship started in another position at another staffing company. So I think the buy-in from them in terms of Kate's got my back. Kate is an advocate for our team. So I think definitely starts with that. And it starts with a problem. Our recruitment teams and our recruitment managers are very vocal about if something breaks, if something's slow, if there's an opportunity to optimize. And I think that's where we start really evaluating, okay, what tools do we want to bring in? And if it fixes a problem that the teams have been vocal to you about, you're half the way there with adoption because now the onus can get pushed back on you, right? They can say, hey guys, we did this, we invested, we implemented, we integrated, we did all this, we did the trainings, we've got 24-7 support, and you're not using it. It fixes the problem that you were telling us about for the last 30, 60, 90 days. What's the problem? And then being able to kind of back diagnose and say, maybe it's a lack of training. Maybe it's trying to figure out how they need to incorporate it into their recruitment processes. I think too, you had mentioned about the 20% of apps being only utilized on the phone. I think about creating new habits. I think they say whenever you start a diet or a workout, it takes 30 days to create a new habit. And if you have to adjust your recruitment processes the first couple of days are going to be really hard and it's going to be really awkward. And it's just like when you go back to the gym and you're using muscles that you haven't used in 18 months because you've been at home. 
but you have to be able to continue to push through that. And I think getting everybody on board and making sure that they understand, guys, this solves your problem. It's going to be tough to incorporate it. Let's see where you can incorporate it. Let's see maybe what it takes the place of so you're not adding something to your workflow. And then just the support from the top down and the checks and balances, running reports every week. Are you guys using it? Or are you not using it? And just staying on top of that and then communicating back to me, what do they need? Do they need additional training? Do they need a cheat sheet? Do they need to do shadow sessions? What is it that they need? So yeah, so I definitely think if they're telling you it's a problem, you're half the way there because that's when. And the other part is just over communication and keeping a pulse on everybody. I mean, what I heard was feedback is you guys have an open, you have a cult, a culture that values feedback. And then you actually, using the word actually makes it sound pretty condescending towards other people, but you actually do something about it, which I think is a big part of it. And I, and I think I've historically worked at both. I've historically worked at companies that don't care and they don't want, they don't, they're not going to listen to your feedback. Right. And then I've liked to listen to companies that are like, Oh, Hey, let's try and figure that out. And so for me, that's a big thing. I think that's, and you said, it's like, you're halfway there. If the, they're giving you feedback and you're taking action on it. That's 90% of the way. Then just like you're selling a SaaS sales solution, right? Or anything. If you're not freaking using it, like it's on you. And we're going to keep like, if we think it solves it, we invested money and time into this, then we're going to make you use it. And we're going to train you. Lauren, we talk about this a lot. It's like, there's just not enough training. Consistently. One of the problems is, and I love how, because I one of the first things I recommend my customers do is just have a town hall. And even if you already know the solution, even if you already know what you're buying, just go out and ask the question, what are your problems today? Right? Because then when you do bring something forward, people feel heard. And that's that's part of getting that buy-in. Your, your start with why is people feeling heard and then people understanding, okay, so how are we going to track this? How is this going to work? Setting a very, very clear landscape for or cadence of what's going to happen as we move forward. So there's not so much fear of walking into the unknown. And so this is how we're going to track it. This is how we would hold you accountable. This is how frequently we're going to look at it. This is what we're expecting. We want to reduce time to fill by X amount or whatever it is so that there's clarity. That clarity and transparency that you alluded to is so wildly important. And then I think where businesses go wrong is they're like, all right, we trained, we're done. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, doesn't happen no. Like that. no, it doesn't work like that. Did you remember when you were in school and you had homework and you had to keep yeah, doing well, stuff? <laughs> right. I, I like most people say they learn from college, their social security number, you know? So it's, it's, it's <laughs> there's only so much that we can retain and there are different ways that people learn. You have your auditory learner. I mean, you know, all of this, you have your, your tactile or kinesthetic learner you have, or the visual learner. And so everybody learns differently. And so that means repetition is the name of the game. And it was funny. I presented this training program at an executive leadership team and they're like every 90 days, like we have to reevaluate this. And I'm like, well, at a minimum, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should go back and look at what are we missing? Where are areas of opportunity? Where do we have deltas? Where do we need to bridge the gap on what's being used? Or if we haven't moved the needle on time to fill, let's find out why. Let's ask the questions where, and I always loved the, you know, help me understand why this isn't working for you or why you're not using it. Help me understand what the barrier to entry is. And that's when you get that super candid feedback of, well, because the UI sucks or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are always, you know, they love to give you feedback, right? They'll, yeah. They'll always give you feedback. Some of it's, yeah. Some of it's useful. <laughs> some of it's useful. Some of it's like, well, I'm sorry the UI sucks, but maybe they'll change it in their next version. But you bring up a good point, Lauren, in that if you're not reevaluating the tool every 90 days, and I will speak to Bullhorn, on a scale of one to 10, I probably would have ranked myself about an eight in Bullhorn. You know, I'm pretty savvy on it. Bullhorn has so many new enhancements that they are constantly doing that if you don't stay on top of it and re- train your teams on, hey guys, they just added this new feature into the search thing. Let me show you how it works. You know, now we can search notes or whatever it is. But 
that probably wasn't trained when they were onboarded. And that might not have been trained when they did their six months in for retraining. And again, people just kind of get into those habits and they might see like, oh, that's new. And then they can completely skip past it. And it's like, yeah, but this is how it helps. This is how it helps. This is how it helps narrow down your search. This is how it helps you create a better pool of candidates to call or whatever the feature does. But if you're not constantly watching it and seeing, okay, there's a new enhancement. Okay, our sneeze for bullhorn, you guys need to go out and learn it and you need to be able to do a training on it in the next 30 days. You're not really getting the most out of the technology that you've already invested in. So it's not even to just the new technology that you implement. It's your entire tech stack that needs to be evaluated every 30, 60, 90 days. And you can, and this is the, something that I always tell my, the organizations that I work with, right? This is not all on you, right? You want to bring your vendors to the table every quarter to do a QBR. You know, let's see how the partnership is. Tell me about the enhancements that we have and use that information as you're your training it, you know, build your training agenda off of that. This isn't, you don't have to go out and create all of this. And I think that's where the overwhelmment hits some of the, it's sort of like, I, I have to stay abreast of all the up no, that's on your vendor to come to you when you're meeting regularly and show you all the great enhancements so that you can stay on top of it. You can create a roadmap. You have a cadence for training. Those QBRs are so, our customers expect them of us to sit down with them and go over how we deliver. And it's always mystified me in staffing how we just don't do it for ourselves. You know, we're like the mom in the carpool lane who's got yesterday's yoga pants on, you know, like, come on, man, take care, take a shower. Let's do this. Come on. If you ask, Rob knows, if you ask, the help is endless. I mean, there are just some fantastic partners in the staffing technology space. I mean, I feel like my network has grown on LinkedIn tenfold since that initial staffing tech meeting. And yes, your partners, you should be asking your partners for help. You should have on your calendar at least meetings every quarter at minimum. This isn't just your tech stack too. It's your job boards. Like we do the same thing with our job board partners. Like, hey, what new features are you guys doing? What are you guys seeing in the marketplace? What are your hiring trends? What are you guys seeing? Help me understand this because you're right. Even for a team of 15, it's hard to stay on top of everything. And the partners, like I, I lean on Rob, I'll throw out Jack Copeland. He's a great partner at Staffing Future. He just has his ear to the ground on everything in staffing. And even I have found that I follow a couple of really strong people, Lauren, you being one of them. Hey, in the I was going to say, you got to follow Lauren. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, I was actually just watching her video yesterday on... Wind Crush, does it? Wind Crush Lindsay. Oh, candidately. Yeah. That was Technology yep. Tuesday video for the week. Yes. Yeah. But it's great ways just to kind of feed your brain of, hey, this is what's out there. This is what industry experts are seeing. And reach out to them. Like... I've reached out to so many people just from webinars or from being connected on LinkedIn just to say, hey, can I get 15 minutes of your time and pick your brain? And I've never heard the word no. I've never said no. People ask me all the time, can I have 15 minutes just to kind of, I just want to pick your brain. Like, am I on the right track? I'll never say no, ever. And and you're 100% right. I mean, Tom Erb. I actually try to get her to say no sometimes. (laughs) Tom (laughs) Erb has been gracious with his time. I mean, there are so many people that are just willing to, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, can you give me 15 minutes to understand this new whatchamajigit or whatever? Because, you know, I feel like I have an understanding of it, but... I mean, just our industry is so gracious and, but sometimes we are just so hesitant to ask for help or just ask for more and we shouldn't be. And to every agency out there, you know, I make the yoga mom joke, but yeah, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of the inside because if you expect of your vendors, what your customers are expecting of you, you will perform, they will perform and you will get out of them what you are investing in them. And I think that 
that's the nirvana is that when we look at the balance sheet of what I'm investing versus what I'm getting in return, it, it is balanced. And that's the utopia unicorn land for me. But it takes everything that we've talked about today to get there. And that's a commitment. Yeah, 100%. I love it. I think the partners were in a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, if we perform, they perform. So definitely don't hesitate to ask for help, input, feedback, solutions, anything. All of it. Yeah. We don't really do this enough, by the way. So someone was asking me about the podcast. And I said to them, I said, listen, if you have 30 to 45 minutes once or twice a month to learn about new software, or learn strategies to improve your business, or what the best in the business are doing. That's what Lauren and I are looking to deliver every week, right? So if you're trying to figure out what you need to do to uplevel your technology, and you don't necessarily have the resources to hire a full-time senior digital transformation officer, there are other resources. But this conversation, and when we talk to actual partners, are really about learning what they're trying to solve, and so if you don't know you have an issue and you're not looking anywhere for that issue, come to us. This is what the conversations are. No, we never do this. But like, that is literally what the podcast is for. So yes, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Like, and give us feedback and tell us what you want to hear, you know? So anyway, Kate, any final words? This has been awesome. Final words of unicorn wisdom. Oh, my oh yeah. God. Chief unicorn officer. <laughs> oh, If I could throw something out there that has been an ongoing, I don't want to say struggle, but something for me is to always ask for help and build a team around you that just lifts you up, is supportive of what you need, both personally and professionally. I mean, I'll brag a little bit on Loyal Source for my quick 15 second plug. They're fantastic. Adam and and the senior leadership give me a lot of opportunities to learn new things, run new programs, look for opportunities, help support and lift the other departments up. And even professionally wise, personally wise, they always ask about Madison and how my husband's doing and stuff like that. So that goes a long way. So if you have the chance to either build that type of community around you, whether it's within your immediate workplace or through connections like Lauren and Rob or people that you connect with on LinkedIn, use them. We are all in it together. Nobody rows the boat alone. So yeah, that's something that I'm an A person. I'm a recruiter by nature. So I am a very independent A type personality. So, and I think a lot of people listening could probably relate to that. You don't have to do it all. Just build your team. Um, I've got a fantastic team. And yeah, and make it work together. Love that. Yes. All right, guys. Communication. This has been awesome. I'm going to put on my uh, yoga pants and a tank top. <laughs> and I'm going to go do a Peloton workout. All the all the yoga moms are going to be all mad at me. Whoa. Like, I'm in yesterday's yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you are. It's it's cool. There's nothing no wrong with the yoga pants. All right. No judge. All right. Well, Kate, I don't think you need us to tell you that this was awesome and wonderful. This was amazing. And, and magical. I'm <laughs> so glad you were here. That's why I used the word magic in the beginning. Yes. I, we lived up to the magic. Lauren, thank you as always for nerding out with me. Yes, of course. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kate. It's awesome as always. I just enjoy our conversations. Right. Me too. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning into the You on the Experience podcast. This is Rob. And I'm Lauren. Now go do something good. Bye, guys.